Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations that demystify, destigmatize, and desensitize what goes on both inside the therapy room and in daily life. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Logan. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. Every week, we sit down for soul-provoking conversations with fellow seekers, thought leaders, change makers, and even real people during live coaching sessions as they navigate the hard work it takes to be a human. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. So today we're talking to Jess. And Jess, you wrote in about something that I, I when I read it, actually, I, I said out loud, wow, this is, I feel like very present. Um, I've been dealing with a couple people actually who have come into my sphere recently that have a similar kind of situation. So you're a young widow and it sounds like he was your only partner, mm-hmm. right? Because you guys Correct. married young. And what you said was, you're really in this state of like, am I ready to date? Um, You know, how long do I wait? It sounds like you want to have kids. So obviously there's kind of a biological component to that. Mm -hmm. And just kind of being in this state of like, where do I go from here? Right. right? That sounds right. The first part cut out, but I think think you summarized it pretty well from what I could hear. Um, Yes, I, I, my husband died uh, by suicide two years ago. Um, I waited two years before I decided for some reason I just arbitrarily was like, I'm going to wait two years and then I'll try dating again. I don't know if I'll be ready, but I also know that it's not something that's going to get easier. So I might as well give it a try and then listen to myself. If it, if I start panicking or if it's not time, then I'll, I'll change it up. And so uh, I think when I wrote in, I signed up for this, it was a few months ago and I've had two months of experience of it right now. And the main things I'm in, uh, I'm encountering while going through the process is a few things, the biological clock. Um, that one was very strong a few months ago. Um, it kind of like 
pushed me to try to date faster in, in a way that I couldn't handle. That has kind of settled down a bit um, just because I would rather take my fa- time finding a partner rather than rushing in to partnership and have a kid with someone I don't want to raise a child with because mm-hmm. I think that's a big responsibility and I don't take it lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, that doesn't mean I won't grieve the loss if I don't ever get to do it. Um, but I'm flexing between two places I'm finding. One, I get scared and I just want to go back to the casual dynamic where there's no emotion involved. Um, mm-hmm. But in that same vein, I start developing feelings for my casual partners. Um, and it's happened a few times now. Um, and then I will try to push past that, go on real dates where I'm trying to connect. But I find, I always find I'm looking for what's wrong in that person. Um, and a part of it, that is I, um, my late husband and the people I'm attracted to are usually very intense people, very mm-hmm. intellectual, very, um, a little bit boundary pushing. And it's just very exciting to me at the same time. They're good people. Um, so I'm going on dates with people who are a little less intense, a little more calms. I don't want to say simple in a bad way, but they're just not as intense. And so I'm finding I don't want to go on a second date with them. Um, so those two places is where I'm flexing, mm. sticking with the safe casual or dating and finding something wrong with each person I'm going out with and getting scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yay. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me just start by saying you've obviously <clears throat> done some processing where you're, you're just a, an intellectual yourself. <laughs> um... Too much of an intellectual <laughs> and, and processing of course, but yeah. Yeah. I was just saying, you know, when I sit with what I know that you have been waiting through over the last couple years, um, that in and of itself, I just want to honor you for being open to the conversation about putting myself and my heart back into the world because, mm-hmm. um, the bravery and in and of what that is, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I, I really feel compelled to name that before we say anything else. Cause I think no matter what, um, anyone who's been on a dating app or been in the world of attempting to, to meet new people and say like, is this a love thing? Could this be a love <laughs> thing? It's, it's a very special animal in and of itself. Yes. Right. So Agreed. there's that. Thank you. Now, Appreciate that. Mm, so let me ask this. What are your your beliefs around like the ideal situation of what it looks like for you to connect with someone? Um, bring us in a little bit. Like for some people that might be like, I'm open to anything. I'd love I'd love a dating app that feels like, you know, like what feels like a, a way that you would love to do it in an ideal world. Um, you're you're asked, are you asking what's the ideal way I would meet someone or the ideal type of person? I guess I'm asking like how do you feel about dating apps? Like, does it feel okay when you do it? Does it feel like anxiety provoking? Like a lot of, a lot of my clients are like, this is the worst experience of my life. So Uh, I guess I, this is kind of a leading question to be like completely frank with you. Yes. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to just go back. (laughs) I'm, I'm, Here's the, let me see. <laughs> I might need to edit a little bit. 
I'm going to be honest because I don't do like the surface that well. I feel a little bit protective of you, frankly, in the dating atmosphere. And there's something about me that is wanting you to give yourself a little bit of time and space to be in circles and environments where Mm -hmm. maybe I find some like-minded seekers. I loved the way Mm -hmm. you described the type of person that you're normally attracted to. Mm -hmm. I am wondering about you putting yourself in a position to be in some of those environments so that it doesn't feel so, you know, the aggressive space of me sitting down <laughs> with this stranger and doing what often feels like, like a checklist job interview kind or, of job. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All yeah. of the energy, like there's a lot there. And some part of me is like, oh, no, no, I don't know that we, we want to go straight there. But, but that's not everybody's truth. Like some people say, right. oh, Vanessa, probably love it. She could talk to a wall. That's not mine. So I, yeah, I um, I am. I've discovered a lot about myself in the two years that I've been by myself without my part, late partner. And I've learned that I'm pretty extroverted, like not having someone every day. So the part of dating apps I enjoy is meeting up with them and actually having a face-to-face conversation. So I'm one of those people who won't text a lot. I'd rather be like, let's grab a drink. And then I almost like instinctually can tell whether we're going to click. I think I don't really know. Um, what I hate about them is how dehumanizing it is. <laughs> I um, struggle with, I take it slow and I take frequent, frequent breaks and I match with only a couple people at a time and I try not to do it like everyone else. And I just listen to myself with it <laughs> and I don't get bogged down by it. I, it's just the culture of it. Um, but in terms of like the checklist and getting to know people, I don't mind that. I really don't. Okay, good. (laughs) I love your energy. I love that so much. And I think, um, yeah, I'm curious what Vanessa thinks, but I think there's more of that, you know, like I love to say, like, if we stay open in the sphere of dating, whatever that looks like, this person I meet may not be my person, but their friend over there could be their person if they become a part of my circle. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it sounds like you already have that as a skill set. Like I'm able to sit down and like really connect with people for the sake of connecting with people. Yes. So maybe can I stay open to, it may not be my partner, but let Mm -hmm. me just keep inviting more people in to get to know them. Absolutely. And I, I absolutely try to do that and um, just accept whatever the connection is in that moment. Um, That doesn't mean that doesn't mean I don't struggle afterwards or in the process though, but I do try to take it for what it is and let myself feel upset or emotional Mm -hmm. about it. And then usually I come away pretty grateful for just being able to talk to another person. And that comes from, being with a partner who struggled with mental illness and trying to be very empathetic to where people are and always be present with them. Can I ask you just so, you know, earlier you were saying that the struggle, the pendulum kind of swing for you is almost like too casual and that feels safe. Um, Mm -hmm. Or I find myself going out and, you know, a little bit more of these serious dates, people who I'm not energetically connecting with. And I'm wondering, so you mentioned that your late husband was your first partner and only partner because you guys were so young. Um, you know, you've been dating for two years. You're in your early 30s. What has your experience been with casual? So when you say casual and that feels safe, will you just tell me a little bit more about that space? Yes. Um, so I've 
I have only been dating actually for two months, um, but for a year after he passed, I decided to, um, there's this thing called, I don't know if, if you're, <laughs> you're not around a lot of widows, if you're aware of it, um, uh, in general, if people listening, um, it's called widow's fire, where at some point after you become a widow, you have this intense need for connection and that's physical and emotional um, connection, both of those. Um, so a year into it, I signed up for this app that was a little more sex positive um, and met. Uh, my intention was to find like a friends with benefits and mm -hmm. just get those needs met. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've met great people through that because it, it naturally welcomes very open minded people. Mm -hmm. um, so when I say casual, I mean, I purposely tell them up front and they are also in the place where we're like, we're not emotionally available, but let's mm -hmm. in this moment connect mm -hmm. and not put any weight into the relationship just in that moment, uh, emotionally and physically connect. Sure. And so then how, how have those experiences been for you? Um, they were actually exactly what I needed for the, um, for number one, experiencing dating apps for the first time. And then mm -hmm. what I needed to, um, I guess it allowed me the time to be emotionally ready to connect with someone else. When I first started, mm -hmm. I was like that I may never become partnered again. I may just be single and do the casual thing. And then about like five months into a casual partnership, I was like, Oh, I like this person. I don't know why I'm denying myself that a relationship because I right. shouldn't fall in love with someone else. Um, so I, I think it served its purpose and it was exactly mm -hmm. what I needed to, to help me realize I want to connect and maybe have a partnership again. If it's right. So I love that. And I think that that's kind of why I was probing a little bit and I wanted to know more about what those experiences were for you. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's really important also, um, that we do mention that this was your kind of only partner, right? And so mm -hmm. I think that what dating right now for you, a lot of dating in general for you is about self-exploration, right? Now that's dating mm -hmm. in general, like to Danae's point, it's like, oh, I meet this person and like, what do I like about them? What do I not like about them? Maybe I meet their friends and so, you know, that's what dating is. But even more so for you, um, a lot of this is going to be self-exploration. A lot of this is going to mm -hmm. be, who am I? Because whether, even whether you were a widow or not, the age that you are right now, I mean, you're on the tail end of your Saturn return. So that in and of <laughs> itself, you're a very different person now than you were at like 26, 27, right? And so, um, of course there is grief. And of course there is this thing that you're kind of always going to hold and carry with you. That is, that is a truth. And also, what can exist at the same time is there is some excitement around self-exploration and self-discovery mm -hmm. when it comes to romance, love, sex, all of these just really fascinating, exciting aspects of being a human being, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm not one to ever kind of discredit or discount casual experiences so long as we are in um, conversation with ourselves about what is this for me? What am I getting or not getting? Am I being honest with myself? Right. And I love that you said, Oh, wait a second. I like this person. Why am I denying it? So it sounds like you are doing that, which I love. Mm -hmm. And so I guess is a long winded way to say when you started this by saying, Oh, I kind of, I titrate between these two places. I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong 
with titrating between these two places. I think it's actually just all one big sandbox and you're just here to experiment. And that's actually great, right? I think what I have witnessed in myself, but in other people is the more we try to say, um, this is the way it should go, or this is how it should be, or this is the technique or the tactic, or then we get ourselves into a space of like, it's too rigid and it's too constrained mm-hmm. versus just being like, oh, energetically, I respond to this person. Let me just see where this goes. Energetically, right. I respond to this person. Let me just see where it goes. It could go this mm-hmm. way. It could go that way. We don't know, right? But when we go into anything thinking, nope, like you were saying earlier, like, I want a partner now and this is what I got to do. It's like, well, <laughs> okay. But also you might be cutting your, you know, self off from some really fun, amazing experience that could teach you more about yourself. Right. So anyway, that was a long way away to say, I'm also in a, the camp of just being open to experience and knowing that mm-hmm. all experience is good experience. Right. It's, it's exciting right. for you in the time of your life that you're in. I, 100% have thought the same process. I was like, why am I trying to like put myself in a box of what I can do? And I, I think what it comes down to is so, that biological drive. I feel this time sure. pressure. Um, even though I've like rationalized, I shouldn't, I still emotionally haven't processed it enough to be okay with, to not feel that pressure to date the seriously. Potential. So I do, sure. I, I do have like uh, current friends with benefits who I know that we're never going to get anywhere with it. So I'm in some ways and not an all or nothing person, but if I'm putting my energy towards that type of dynamic, I just, I feel like I can't split my mind very well. I can't be like, okay, let me take this person seriously, but keep casual with this other person. It's like emotional real estate is limited, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It's almost, then I end up, what happens is I end up developing feelings for the person who's not available to me. Um, Mm -hmm. So I guess that's what motivates me, the time, the biological clock, and then also knowing myself and knowing I'm just going to develop feelings for a person who's not available to me. Mm -hmm. And I love that you know that about yourself. A lot (laughs) of people don't, honestly. Yeah. 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 And I would add that I think you, more than anyone else, knows that we make plans and life sometimes has a different plan, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's also power in sort of adding to what Vanessa said, like being open to life. What would you have me experience? What would Mm -hmm. you have me do next, um, experience next? And, and I think in the realm of even, you know, family and what that could look like and is meant Mm -hmm. to look like for me and that I don't know, I can't tell you how often, um, I sit with couples sitting with the grief of the the plan that we had for when we'd have kids and it's just not happening. Right. And, and that can be another reality. Um, I didn't have a kid until 37. And I think that that was like, someone was like, you know, this whole thing, they tell us about how impossible it is after a certain age. And that's very much like our society. (laughs) Like they were like, Oh, geriatric coming through. I was like, are they talking about me? Geriatric pregnancy. (laughs) Fascinating. You just say that to my face. Um, Uh A part of it is I'm in the, I'm in the medical world. So I know a little bit too much about like Uh like the geriatric phase. It's like, this is the rates (laughs) of diseases you'll have. And if you have a baby, they're going to be sick. So I'm like, I can't do that to a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And and while all of that is real and I don't want to minimize the very real feeling of that, what I think you spoke to that is so powerful is that you know, sometimes we have a plan and that's not life's plan for us. And there is grief to be felt in that. And can I be open to what could conceivably be better than what I would have imagined for myself or what right. that could look like? And can I just be open to all possibilities knowing that it may 
turn out that my family and what that looks like is something completely different than the way that I can figure out with my rational mind. And maybe that's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. I love that. And I'm working really hard on accepting that. (laughs) It's it's a huge practice. It's a practice. It doesn't like happen overnight. No. And I still have to potentially, I'm okay knowing that I'll have to grieve one day if I like, maybe I'm like 50 before I meet a partner or never. And like you said, just accept and see where life takes me in my family unit. I trying. (laughs) It's just, well, and also I think that this idea of trying, I mean, you know, I, 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 and I hear the struggle in this. It's like when we look at dating as like an Olympic sport, it's like something I got to do and I got to master and I got to check and all these things. Um, going back to what Danae was saying kind of in the beginning of the conversation, which is how about, yes, like don't get off the apps. Like if you're somebody who does find enjoyment in meeting new people and it doesn't totally suck you dry, which I know it does for some people like Danae, then like keep <laughs> keep at it, you know? No one is saying stop. But also I, I think there is a place for, and you might already be doing some of this, um, reserving energy because even us extroverts, we still only have a limited amount of it, right? It's not forever and ever reserving Mm -hmm. some of that energy for myself, meaning Mm -hmm. what lights me up? What builds that fire in me? Because you really weren't alone, right? Like you didn't really have that early part of your life to discover who you were just by yourself and for yourself, right? You did do that in Mm -hmm. partnership. And so even more exciting, like, yes, that biological clock is there, but there's no reason that you also can't be doing the things that you might've actually done in your twenties, you know, Mm -hmm. had you not been partnered, which is like, I don't know, you know what, today I've got a bug that I just want to go learn to salsa dance. Great. Go do it. You know, (laughs) like I have a friend who was married, started salsa dancing because she was unhappy in her marriage. And now that person that she met, who was like her dancing partner is like the person that she's dating, you know, and she didn't go into it for that. She went into it because she wanted to reconnect to her feminine and Mm. reconnect to her body and learn to dance again. This person was nobody that she remotely found interesting when they first met. And now she's like enamored, right? So I'm not saying that's the purpose for doing those things, but it's kind of like what Danae was saying is like, we don't know what life is going to bring us or offer us. But what we do know is how important it is to put that time and energy into myself and developing, Mm. honestly, a whirlwind romance with me. Mm-hmm. Like whining and dining me, taking me on all of these amazing extravagant mm-hmm. trips that I might, you know, society might say I need to be taken on by somebody else. And then allowing the universe to kind of serve up what it's going to serve up along that path, mm-hmm. you know? I, yes, yes. And I, I try, I do try to do that. Um, I, exactly what you say, like, get to know myself and wine and dine myself. I've taken solo trips. I've taken new classes. I started a new degree. I, I do all the right things. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> logically. Um, mm-hmm. so I caught that. I, <laughs> all the right things. Logically. <laughs> lo- lo- logically. <laughs> um, it's just allowing my mind to relax and like trust, mm. trust, the part that can't be run by my intellect and mm-hmm. my checklist. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the grief part that Danae was speaking to, you know, mm-hmm. that's the sitting with the unknown and the sitting with surrender is actually very, it's very active, so hard. you know, that's so the hard, practice. Yeah. 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 It sometimes feels like torture. Like, okay. I know I have to feel this. I just 
don't want to. I felt Mm -hmm. like deep grief was so awful. (laughs) Sometimes it gets scary to feel, it feels scary to be down again because it was just so awful. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to name that, that I think those of us who can tend to intellectualize can use that as a defense mechanism. And I know oh, yeah. as I'm saying that you're well aware <laughs> that that can be a place that I mm-hmm. I figure out how I'm going to control this and make this happen in this timeline so that I don't yeah. have to sit in like, this is scary no. and this is hard and mm-hmm. I don't want to feel what I have mm-hmm. felt again. And I, I mean, you have a lot of tools and you are, <laughs> you are able to... Um, to articulate so much of this. I know there's a lot of awareness and some of this is just being in the practice of what I already know for you. Yeah. I think, Jess. Yeah. I can see that. I, um, I guess my question is when I'm dating, like how I I'm trying to think how I can word this in when you um, experience, and this kind of makes me emotional, but when you experience someone with bipolar disorder this person who you love turns into someone you don't recognize and sometimes I get angry I didn't recognize he was becoming manic and so I don't trust myself and my instincts when I'm meeting someone Um, like how do I know how do I know if a person is right for me? Cause I just, I keep over intellectualizing that. Like I want to say, Oh, this person's too intense. Maybe I should shy away from that. Maybe I shouldn't listen to the part of me that loves that and creates that. Should I go for the safe person, the stable mm-hmm. person? And that's something I can't, I don't know. Cause I've never experienced dating long enough. Yeah. So this is the hard question about the dance, right? Mm -hmm. If you knew the way that things would end up, would you have taken that time back with your husband? Would you change things? No, I mean, it was the best thing. I mean, our our love was amazing, um, despite the mental illness created who I I am, yeah. So it was worth it. And I think that, you know, his pain does not take away from all of the beautiful gifts that he brought into your life, the way that you have been shaped by the experience of loving him. And I think that everything that we go through and experience in this lifetime, from my perspective, is making us into the people that we are meant to become. And so mm-hmm. I don't think you have to worry about protecting yourself from yourself. Okay. I can tell <laughs> Your instincts are good. You get to trust yourself. You get to love this life. You get to love this life. That makes me emotional as I say it. Um, You get to carry on and live and know that everything that you experience is a part of the Raja. It's a part of the magic of this life for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And you are wise. So you get to trust yourself. Okay. I'm just going to. Trust the best I can. Well, you just follow what feels in your body like the right choice, right? And then you have to allow your body to have the experiences of learning and growing and changing, right? Mm -hmm. Not just your mind, but your body too, because there's a knowing that happens here that's different than the knowing that happens up here. Mm -hmm. And that comes from experience, that knowing. 
right? Mm -hmm. And so we lean in like, oh, there's something here. I'm curious. Let me lean into this. And then we pay attention to what our body is saying when we let Mm -hmm. ourselves lean in, right? Or when we don't, when we say, ooh, I don't like this and we lean out, right? (laughs) Pay attention to that. What's going on in my body when I'm doing that? You know, is my, is my stomach tense? Are my, is my jaw clenched? Do I have fluttery feelings? Like we just notice what's going on. You know, it's our second brain and we just don't pay enough attention. You know, I mean, even like I'll give a quick personal example. Like I definitely have had a lifelong tendency to also be drawn to very intense (laughs) men as well. Um, you know, com- lots of compulsions, some addictions, mostly artists, uh, you know, artistic people. And I know in my last relationship, I thought, oh, that's not him. And then I got into it and I was like, oh, dear God, it is him. And I didn't even realize <laughs> that because it showed up in a different way than I thought. Right. And, you know, I, I'm, I joke about that only to say that I'm attracted to what I'm attracted to. What I have Mm -hmm. realized is that over the years of that attraction, the person on the other side of it has actually evolved as I've evolved. So the kind of person I'm drawn to is still the kind of person, but really like, for example, my partner now, light years ahead when it comes to like emotional intelligence and all these other things than say my last partner. So while there Mm -hmm. still might be some of that like sticky tendency that I know I'm drawn into, it's not Mm -hmm. the same person. You know, and I have to, I have to say to myself, like, okay, this is what I'm, this is what I'm attracted to. And then I have to sit with what's happening in my body around why and what is that and where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of allow that, that inner knowing to step forward and kind of take me out of my head about it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. I definitely have struggled with listening to my body. Um, mm-hmm. What happens is I start like, dissecting what they're saying. And I guess that's not the inner knowing you're talking about at all. It's more so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I could work, I will work on being more intentional about listening to like my gut. <laughs> mm-hmm. And deprogramming. I think there's some deprogramming, you know, I mean, we didn't talk about this, but just caring for yourself in a way that, you know, you're also doing some of that, um, you know, obviously like the therapy work around or the kind of inner exploration work around, um, upbringing and like, where do these patterns come from? And, and, you know, what is this desire? And because there's, there's body desire, like, oh, this feels right. And then there is a little bit of like, but why does that feel right? Like, where does that come from? Right. Cause they can both be true at the same time. We do have to do a little bit of that work too, which obviously I've had to do as well. Like, why am I attracted to compulsive people? Well, I can tell you why, you know? Um, so it's a dance. It's definitely a dance. Yeah. And I think that the thing is, though, we can be so afraid of making a mistake totally. that I think that is like, what is a mistake, right? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? You're going to learn. And I think to Vanessa's mm-hmm. point, you will surprise yourself with how you've evolved. But I think, how would I move through the world if I didn't think I could get it wrong? I don't believe in yeah. mistakes, so I'm I'm probably the wrong person to ask. But I think that you you will learn no matter what, and you will continue to evolve. And what you are attracted to naturally will shift a little bit. Mm -hmm. It might still be some of the like, you know, intellectual intense energy, but Mm -hmm. you are changing. You are changing and growing. So it will be different and you'll surprise Mm -hmm. yourself, but you don't Mm -hmm. have to be afraid of yourself. I just want to give you a little bit of that permission slip. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's I'm glad you pointed that out. I do tend to be scared to make mistakes. I haven't quite worked through not blaming myself for things. Mm, or, sure. So as I continue to work on that, I still am so scared to make the wrong choice, say the wrong things. 
um, because on one hand, I do trust that things happen how they're supposed to. On the other hand, it's just these a mistake I've made has, I feel like, contributed to my husband dying. So until I work through that, I'm, I, I struggle with it. Well, I want you to do us a favor, circle mm-hmm. back and let us know how it's going. Um, <laughs> okay. But please be gentle with yourself, you know, in the midst of this and let yourself <laughs> just have fun. Cause I think I that, um, yeah, you deserve all of, all of the fun and all of the life force and all of the, the excitement and mystery and Raja that your heart can hold right now. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I'll, I'll, uh, kind of let everything we talked about marinate and integrate. Yeah. And keep us posted. Okay. Okay. I will. All right, Jess. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, Jess. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us more, find us on Instagram at Cheaper Than Therapy, the podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.